This time on Guided. And it's pretty interesting to me because now I look at my higher self and I go, thank God it didn't let me get successful when I was looking outside of myself. And thank thank goodness, like I, I, I struggled through everything when I was divorcing my power. And the only time my higher self is letting me succeed is when uh, when I'm in charge and like all the answers are coming from within rather than outside of me. What a blessing. Welcome to Guided, a podcast all about following your intuition no matter where it guides you. Hello, hello, everyone. This is your host, Zach Luz, and welcome to Guided, a podcast that's all about following your intuition, no matter where it guides you. So if you're new here, welcome. This show is kind of somewhere in between spirituality and business, like personal development. So it's not exactly spirituality because I don't think I'm like some guru that has all the answers and I can... I don't know, wear mala beads and grow a long beard and then I'm smarter than everybody. But it's also not really like a business thing because I don't really lay out like seven steps. This is just kind of an open exploration of what it's like to follow your intuition. Uh, What it's like to use dreams, what it's like to use astrology, what it's like to use all these things that I used to think were all a bunch of BS to start bringing me forward in life. And I'm just doing this with the record button on, and we're seeing how it turns out together. So, on today's episode, we are going to talk about breaking free from people-pleasing. We're also going to talk about the trappings of positive reinforcement, and this thing called the gold star game. But first, before we get into that, let's go through the synchronicity report, which is... Synchronicity updates are the part of the show where I discuss synchronicities that are happening in real time that are encouraging me to keep moving forward on this uncertain path and follow my intuition even stronger. So, a couple episodes ago, we spoke about the importance of non-doing and allowing sometimes you just gotta allow yourself to surrender. So, as I was recording this episode uh, last night, It just was not working out. So usually I'm standing by my computer in one room and Camille's in the other room. And since our house is small, like she can just hear hear my voice. And it's funny for her because she could hear me like trying to record a segment and then going, oh, fuck, I got to re-record that. And then I would try it again. I'd be like, oh, God damn it, I did it again. And then I would keep going over and over and over again. So eventually I walked into the other room and she goes, oh, are things going hard? You trying to, or are you trying to force things and they're not working out? And I just thought about the, the last episode about the whole non-doing thing. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's kind of exactly what's going on. And, I, and then she looks at me with like this smug look where she's just kind of like really pleased with herself. Because she's like, yeah, you, you, sh- you should maybe stop trying to force things and just like don't do anything for a while. So then what we did was we I stopped working. I just said, all right, screw it. I'll do it tomorrow. We went into the other room, then sat down. Uh, we lit some candles, uh, had some tea, and then we just talked. And we just talked about life, and I, I just, like, stopped working. 
about a half hour goes by, and then I get all of the answers for how to record this episode. I got the elements that were missing, and, you know, the following morning, it just, like, flowed right out of me. So that's the first synchronistic update with uh, me speaking about non-doing, and then what do you know, it shows up as a test for me in the next couple days, and then through passing that test or integrating that lesson, then we got this episode. So that about does it for synchronicities. And now let's go ahead and transition and get into breaking free from people-pleasing. So first things first, why are we talking about breaking free from people-pleasing? Well, uh, nobody really wants to be a people-pleaser. That seems to be a pretty common thing. And, you know, as I've been going through this path, I've been finding out how much of a people-pleaser that I've been over the years. Now, I knew that there was ways that I was being a people-pleaser consciously, but what surprised me was when I found out unconscious ways that I was being a people-pleaser and how it was limiting me. So today I want to talk about um, I want to talk about my experience, and if that's something that you're going through, maybe some of these stories, stories will be helpful. So the idea for this show came a while ago when I was speaking with my stepmom. So my stepmom, she runs this NLP school up in Northern California in uh, Marin. And she's kind of a professional at helping people overcome this main block. She works on a lot of other blocks, but unconscious people-pleasing is one that she's like really, really expert at. So I went to her school, learned all the stuff, and it took a couple of years. But through that education, I learned all these unconscious ways in which I was people-pleasing. So this all kind of came to a head one day when her and I were sitting down and we were talking about life. I was over at her house and she could just tell that I was like exhausted. You know, she had been seeing me like go through the whole entrepreneurial ups and downs and she had seen me go through a really hard breakup and she saw me just kind of like trying to figure out my way in the world. And I remember I was staying with her because um, I didn't have a place yet of my own. And we were just talking about how to make all this stuff happen and get through it. And I remember when I would watch her go through her day, it was insane to me. Because she would like wake up um, around like 7.30 or something and then like have breakfast. And then she would like turn on music, and she would do a Sudoku puzzle. Now, this was really, it just blew my mind that you could just, like, wake up and do a Sudoku puzzle just because you felt like it. After that, she would go in and she would do, like, one, um, one NLP session with one of her clients. Sometimes she would do it in her pajamas, which she's quite proud of, and I admire very much about her. And then she would kind of take a break for a while, maybe just kind of like walk around the house or, I don't know, I don't know what she would do for like most of the day. And then later in the afternoon, she might have one other session that'd be about all the work that she would do um, on an average day. And I was contrasting this with my experience, which was very, very different from that. As soon as I would wake up, it was like, okay... Let me turn on the podcasts 
let me start listening to some kind of informational or educational content. Then, as that's happening, let me start planning out all the action items that I'm going to do for the day. Let me pop into Trello and my project management software, and let me look through all the different steps that I need to take. Let me look at all my big goals, and let me try to break those down into littler action items and add those to the to-do list. Then, let me work my ass off as much as I possibly can all day. Then, in the breaks, what I can do is I can go and work out, because, you know, i got to make sure that my body is really, really strong. Oh, and by the way, let's also make sure I meditate. Oh, and then also I have a family and a relationship that I want to cultivate, so i got to do that stuff too. And basically... My whole day was blending together, and there was always one thing after the next, after the next, after the next. And I was sitting down talking with my stepmom, and I was like, how the, I was just like, I was like, so that's all you do is you just like do two sessions and like maybe some gardening if you feel like it? She's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and she was so like, that's just how it is for her. And then I started talking like, well, I just want to know how, I'm like, why don't you just do like three sessions or why don't you, why don't you do more? And she was just kind of happy with what she was doing. And then she asked me a, a pretty interesting question not long after that conversation. And she said, so Zach, I'm wondering uh, about how many, uh, how many hours a day are you not getting brownie points for, uh, trying to improve your career, or improve your relationship, or get spiritual brownie points, or uh, learn something. And I said, how many hours? Maybe a couple minutes, maybe a couple seconds per day. Like literally every single thing that I did was so that I could get brownie points, or I could be making traction, or doing what I thought was improving myself in some way, shape, or form. Now, I thought all of this stuff was admirable. I thought all of all the things I was doing, it was noble. And it was because I really wanted to succeed and because I wanted to be a winner in life. But Michelle, she never really um, gave me pats on the back for that. She never really gave me acknowledgement and appreciation that a lot of other people would give to me when I would tell them like how hard I was working. And... It just really made me wonder and question things of like, where did all this come from? So when I thought about it, I thought back to when I was a little kid. Uh, when I was in kindergarten, uh, I remember that I would get, at the end of every single day, they had like this little slip of paper that they would send us home with. And then it had three faces on it. It had a smiley face, uh, like a neutral face, and then a frown face. And at the end of the day, the teacher would take these little slips of paper, and then she would just kind of circle one of the faces. And then what you were supposed to do is you were supposed to give that slip of paper to your parents. So, needless to say, I was obsessed with getting smiley faces every single day. Like, I mean, I, I think I had to bring home a frown face, like, maybe one day in the whole year, and that was, like, the worst day ever. So, when I was young, I was just so committed to, I'm going to get 100% smiley faces as much as possible because I want to make sure 
that my parents know that I'm like not messing around and that I'm, you know, making the family proud and, you know, I'm, I'm being a, a good little boy. So my intention with getting all the smiley faces and when I would turn in my homework, you know, getting gold stars put on my homework was literally because I thought it would make everyone happy. I, I didn't really understand everything that was going on, but I knew that if I would get a smiley face, that meant my teacher was probably pretty happy with me, all my friends at school were probably pretty happy with me, my parents would be happy with me, and my little my younger siblings, you know, they would be happy with me. So it was just like a really, really effective way at making everyone happy. So what happened was, the smiley faces and the gold stars, it would lock in that reward mechanism for me. And that's why I would behave as a little kid. But that's the thing. Although people-pleasing, you know, making sure we're getting our gold stars and our smiley faces, seem to be like a really, really efficient way of solving problems when we're a little kid, once we start growing up and we start being called to follow our intuition, then it goes against this natural instinct where it's like, we want to make everyone happy, but sometimes our intuition is tugging at us so that we can go off in some other direction that either we know won't make other people happy, or uh, we're just f afraid that it might not make them happy. So then what we do is we cut ourselves off from all possibility just because it's clashing with this ingrained uh, mentality for us that we want to make everyone happy through people-pleasing. Now, I always thought that I wasn't really susceptible to these kinds of things. I thought that, you know, I'm an individual, I can do whatever I want, I'm never going to let anybody hold me back, and on top of that, you know, all the people around me, they're not trying to hold me back. If anything, they're actually super supportive. But, when I was talking with Michelle, and we were looking at my jam-packed calendar, and we were looking at all these things that I thought I had to do, it really brought this question up, and I was like, well, consciously, that's what I think, but on a subconscious level, maybe maybe some of these things that I'm doing, I'm doing because I figured that I should do this so that I could fit in with these other groups that I've tried to belong with. So this changes over time. Now, our first social circle is us and our family, and when we want to make everybody in our family happy, we start figuring out, okay, how do we get gold stars? We start figuring out, okay, what are the rules of the game, and how do we get gold stars here? So, you know, you can you can be in one family where you get gold stars because you're the type of um, son or daughter that is always taking responsibility for everyone else. You know, if you're like an oldest sibling, that was one that I did, was I like figured, okay, I, I take responsibility for all my other siblings' well-being, and I'm going to step up, and that's how I'll get my gold stars. And it's funny, because all my, all my uh, brothers and sisters, they used to make fun of me for being a uh, golden boy, because I was just like too much of a goody two-shoes, and I was basically just kissing ass in order for me to get those gold stars. Now, you can grow up in a different family where you don't get gold stars for taking care of everyone, you get gold stars for going out on your own and showing that you're like really self-reliant and you're, you know, a total independent person and you're free. And that that's one way that you can get gold stars from your parents. Once we go past our family and we are, spend more time in school, we can get gold stars whether we're getting straight A's or if we're going out and binge drinking and we're never getting caught trying too hard at school.
Like, you know, the way we can get gold stars with the party crowd at school is, like, we go have epic nights, we have epic stories that we can tell, we go skinny dipping in the ocean, versus, like, the other, like, more academic side of school where we can get our gold stars by getting straight A's and joining our little student organizations and having extracurricular activities. Like, we can do all that stuff. In intimate relationships, we start learning, okay, like, how does this other person... Um, what kinds of things will get me gold stars with him or her, and then let me do a lot of those so then I can get the gold stars. You know, when we think of intimacy, you can get gold stars for going out on one-night stands from one group of people, or you can get gold stars from being in a long-term, committed, serious relationship. Um, when we move into our jobs, we can get gold stars even for things that like don't even make sense. You know, people can give us gold stars for working harder than everyone and staying late, you know, and working past when the boss, you know, leaves, you know, staying all the way to the very end. Or we can get gold stars from our friends because we bail out of our, our job early and, and we just, like, complain about our job and we talk about how much it sucks and how much we're suffering. And people will just kind of be like, oh, that's awesome that you're not selling out to the man. With money, we can get stars, gold stars for being broke and, you know, being someone that is like a, uh, it's like a selfless person that gives and gives and gives and gives so much so that they have nothing. Or with money, you can get gold stars for saving all of your money and hoarding it all, all to yourself so that you can buy a house. You know, in entrepreneurship, you can get gold stars for making just like tons and tons of money and like bringing on investors, or you can get gold stars for being like a digital nomad that's traveling around the world and is only uh, ramen profitable, that it's like right there and is totally like grinding it out. You can see it on social media where we're, we try to get these gold stars by being someone that has like a, I don't know, we're like a butt model or something with 30,000 followers and, you know, we take pictures of ourselves in different countries every single weekend and we post like, oh yeah, this is my life. Or we can get gold stars by saying, no, we're actually so cool that we don't even do social media. That's kind of beneath us. And you can even see this in spiritual groups where you can get gold stars for, you know, doing your daily 20 minute of meditation or you can get gold stars for spending weeks and weeks in Vipassana where you're just completely silent or you're experimenting with plant medicines. The point is, as long as we're doing any of these things to acquire gold stars, we're completely controlled by it and it prevents us entirely from being able to follow our intuition no matter where it guides us. The craziest thing about this is that nobody's ever trying to do this to us. We do it to ourselves when we are looking outside of ourselves for like how to survive in the world and like what are the ways in which we should behave so that we can um, get gold stars from people, you know, feel accepted and, and like just kind of be good little boys and good little girls. We're not even doing this intentionally. It's just, it's happening all underneath the surface. And no one's doing this to us. No one's trying to control us. You know, our teacher, teachers, usually the reason that they teach is because they care so much about kids and they just want to see the kids do well. And like get it, giving them smiley faces is just a way to get them to behave and try to engage with the learning and like try to be good little kids. And our parents, they're not consciously trying to control us and derail our lives. Most of the time, our parents are, like, 
actually trying to completely support us. You know, if we're in a mastermind and we have a bunch of other people that keep saying, okay, you know, I heard that this one successful person said, said that this is how you're supposed to, I don't know, build a website or build a sales funnel or whatever, like, this is how you're supposed to do it. Our friends from the mastermind, they're just trying to offer ways to help. But under the surface of all of this, we're just taking on more and more of these rules in an effort for us to get the gold stars of approval from these groups that we wish to belong with. So what happens is, eventually we've, we get fed up with this, and we go, we've been accumulating all these gold stars, whether we're succeeding at it or failing at it, we're just trying to, we're trying to collect as many of these gold stars as we possibly can, and then one day we go to redeem our gold stars. And we go, hey, I've been doing all the things. You know, I've been doing my meditation every every day. I've been, you know, working hard on my business plan. I've been getting out and doing all the sales meetings. I've been doing all of the things. And we finally take all of our gold stars and we say, here's my gold stars. I want my damn prize. And then we find out that no one cares. And that sucks. And if we feel like we haven't collected enough stuff, gold stars and what we try to do is we just try to say we try to recommit and we'll say I'll collect even more this time or if we've collected a ton and then we go to redeem them they, they won't they won't give us anything in return they just say well if you want something even better here you need to go get more stars and what happens this is the trick Getting gold stars from people, it feels really good. And that's how this whole pattern gets locked in. And that's how we get addicted to like chasing the gold stars. And the reason we're talking about it is because as long as we're engaged in this game of chasing gold stars and proving to other people that we've earned or we deserve or we're worthy of you know, having whatever it is that we really want in our lives, as long as we have to prove it to somebody else, we can, we can never actually just be happy. We, ha we spend our whole life chasing the gold stars, whether we have barely any or we have more than we'd ever need. There's always more. Like a really good uh, metaphor for this is, I just want you to imagine that you are going to like a carnival or like a state fair or something like that. And, you know, we're walking through there and we just want to have a good time. And we just want to follow our intuition, kind of go with the flow, and just have like a great night. So then what happens is we're walking through, we smell the kettle corn, you know, we see the flashing lights, and we see like the, the exciting rides and everything. And then we're looking at all the different booths with the big stuffed animals. And then we look in, off in the distance, and then we see one booth, and it's like there's no, there's no setup. It's like... There's no guy that's, like, trying to get people to backspin a wiffle ball into a basket or, like, you know, shoot out a little star on a, on, on a piece of paper with a rigged BB gun. It's, like, this one guy that's just standing there, and he's just, and it just says, like, the good little boy, good little girl game. So then we walk up to that game, and then what we do is we give them our money, and then that person just folds their arms, and then they go, prove to me that you're a good little boy, or you're a good little girl, and then you can make more money. So then what we do is 
we try to prove. Because it's so easy. Of course we can prove that we're, you know, a good little boy, a good little girl. It's so, it's so easy. So then we start trying to prove it. We start saying, yeah, you know, actually, uh, here, I'll prove to you why I'm a good little boy as far as entrepreneurship goes. It's because, you know, I'm using my project management software. You know, every night before bed, I, like, I sit down and I write out my to-do lists. And the next day, I, you know, I start with the hardest one first. And I do the hardest one. And then I start working on the other ones. You know, I actually, I'm joining this mastermind with a bunch of other people that have been, like, really successful. And we brainstorm every single day or every single week, you know, how we can help each other with one another's challenges. I've even acquired some mentors. And, you know, I have mentors that have been really successful in this exact industry that I want to be really, really successful in. And you know what? I actually filled my calendar so full, it's completely jam-packed. I mean, I don't even go more than a couple minutes doing anything else that is... Um, that would distract me from getting more gold gold stars and showing you how much I deserve this success that I'm after. And then we feel like there's always like the promise, there's always this hope that, you know, one day we're going to finally accrue enough gold stars to where we can get that big stuffed animal prize that we've that we've been wanting our whole lives. So then what happens is the guy that's running this game, he's actually pretty uh, pretty tricky and very, very uh, masterful at this game. So he'll go, you know, okay, wow, that's pretty amazing. I mean, sounds like you've been doing quite a lot. And, you know, here, here's one gold star. And then he reaches over to his little stickers, grabs a gold star, and presses it onto your shirt. And then it feels good. It's like, yeah, that's right. You better recognize that all, all this work that I've been doing. And better recognize, you know, what I've been, what I've been working towards here. I, I like this gold star. And then what happens is it goes, well, if you want, you can, I mean, you did earn one star, it's great. But I figured out a way that you could get two gold stars. And if you want to get two, two more gold stars, start reading one book every single month. And then we go, wait, 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 you're telling me I can get two gold stars if I start reading books? And then what we do is we go, okay, what I'll do is I'll start reading audiobooks. I'm going to start listening to all, to all these books and like I'll just keep doing this over and over and over again and then I'm going to come back. I'm going to get two gold stars. It's going to be twice as good. So we go off for a couple weeks and then we come back and then we go, hey, I've been reading my, my audio books. I've been listening to them in the car. I've actually gone through two already and then he goes, wow, that's amazing. You should be so proud of yourself. You know what? You are a high achiever. You are so much different than everyone else. Like, you should be really proud of yourself. And then he reaches over to his little stickers and grabs his two gold stars and places them on your shirt. Now you got three. You're like, oh my gosh, I wonder what I can get for three. And then he goes, you know what? This is great. And if you, But, you know, I actually figured out a way. You can get five gold stars. And we go, five? Are you kidding me? If three feels this good, how can I get five? And then he goes... Well, five gold stars, it's pretty challenging. It's only for, you know, the the people that are really serious about changing their life. And we go, okay, but what is it? And then he says, well, if you want to get five gold stars, you need to wake up at 5 a.m. every single day, and you need to take a cold shower before you get started working on your day. 
And then we go, okay. And then we run away and then we start doing cold showers and wake up at 5 a.m. And then we keep going on and on and on. And eventually come back, we get five cold stars. And we, we keep doing this thing over and over and over again. And for as long as it feels good to receive these gold stars, we stay stuck without even realizing it. We're like trying to impress this this person, yet we're also simultaneously infuriated at him that he keeps on coming up with new ways for us to get gold stars. And we never feel like we're enough. We never feel like we've, we've, we deserve to like stop having to do that. And it's like, it, we've, it's just been so like masterfully done that we don't even realize that we'll, we can spend our whole lives going back trying to win that stuffed animal. And the way that it hooks us is that when we receive the gold stars, as long as that feels good, then we're susceptible to, to this game. As long as it feels like, oh my gosh, yes, five gold stars. Oh my gosh, I can't wait till I get ten. Then we're always susceptible to this. And, and we can never break the pattern. But here's where it gets cool. There's an even better feeling available than getting gold stars. Now, when I first realized this, I was like, I wasn't, I didn't think like, okay, I'm in this, I'm a gold star addict. Basically what I'm doing is I'm just doing all the things that it takes. I'm doing whatever it takes for me to be successful. And I'm really open-minded and I'm willing to try anything. Like, I actually have a very positive attitude about all this stuff. But meanwhile, I was forced to look at this juxtaposition where here I was doing all the things that you should do. And I went to go redeem my gold stars and it still wasn't working. And then I'd go look at Michelle and then she would just be like kind of happy and like watching movies in the middle of the day. And she's just like really, really successful. So at some point, I just finally said, huh, maybe these gold stars aren't really redeemable. And maybe I want to reconsider whether or not I want to play this game. But here's the thing. On the gold star game, you're kind of hooked both ways. Not only does it feel so good when you get the gold stars, and it has our whole lives, but stopping the game, it feels wrong. Like, I remember when I first stopped playing the game, you know, like one really clear example for me was when I left uh, the last company that I was at. Uh, that was so hard for me because I was in Gold Star Heaven. I was there with like three of my buddies and we had started, we had started a reasonably successful company and we were starting to get all kinds of traction. Now, I wasn't equating to dollars in the bank and, like, money in our pocket, but we would do these things that we thought if we would we could get the gold stars from it, and a more concrete example is, like, you know, we'd get our product featured in Esquire magazine or get it featured in Men's Health or get it featured in GQ. Then we were like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And I could see in people's eyes when I would talk to them, they would just they would be completely blown away and they would be like, you did what? Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Like, 
people would be willing to to give their gold stars to me because it was just it was incredible that we could have this this kind of uh, success and I'm I'm doing that in air quotes right now. So the way it showed up was my intuition. It just kept nagging at me, and it kept saying, like, cool, dude, you're getting all kinds of gold stars, but this isn't right for you. And it's just, it wasn't right for me. It was actually very, very right, and I think wonderful for my my buddies and business partners to continue with the business. But for me, there's something in in my intuition where I was just like, no, that's not right. So then... When I made the choice to leave, I remember how horrible it felt when I would like go home and then, you know, my, uh, like my parents or my family or my friends or my mentors or anybody that I cared about that used to give me gold stars for like having a business and being an entrepreneur and, and all those things, they stopped giving me the stars because I didn't have some cool update of some amazing new thing that had just happened you know I, I had walked away from everything so what I did first was I tried to it felt so horrible that I tried to start getting gold stars again and I started traveling around the world and then I would just advertise like oh yeah hey I'm going to this country hey Facebook where do you guys think I should go should I go to should I go to uh, uh, Scotland or should I go to London you know what do you th- yeah should I go to Scotland or should I go to England what do you think and then I would do that as a way of like me reaching for more of these gold stars. Because I no longer had the entrepreneur gold star, I figured, okay, well, at least I can get these gold stars for being someone that's traveling. But then eventually that dried up too. Because then it got to the point where I was like traveling around and I didn't have a home. So on the one hand, I'm like this romantic vagabond. And on the other hand, I'm technically homeless because I'm living with my uncle in between these trips. And I'm sure as shit not getting any gold stars for approaching 30 and living in my uncle's spare bedroom. Not only had I lost all my gold stars, but I had lost the ability to create gold stars or get people to give me theirs. And that's when I really started panicking. I was panicking because I felt like, Cold stars were no longer like a part of my life. And that felt horrible because it was a source of so much positivity and so many good feelings throughout decades and decades of my life. And I felt like the universe was picking on me and that life was totally unfair and that it sucked. But what was actually happening was my higher self had come in and helped me organize all these different coincidences so that I could have exactly that experience because we it's like we have to reach that point before we go okay I'm fucking done with the gold star game so we can either like make that choice consciously or our our higher self comes in and says like hey you're actually not going to be able to get gold stars anymore so that you can find a deeper sense of happiness, one that isn't dependent on other people giving you little gold star stickers. And now when I look at like a lot of those like rags to riches stories, or I hear about like like JK Rowling, like all the things that she had to go through in order to become super successful. Like 
the narrative's changed for me. It's no longer like a story of perseverance. Like, sure, there is perseverance and determination to, like, make it through that stuff. But now I don't see it as, like, her overcoming, like, all this negative stuff that happened to her. It's like I see that the breakdown was the only way that she could break free of this game that had, uh, that I'm assuming had been running her life, but had also been completely controlling mine without me even realizing it at the time. And once we're no longer susceptible to gold stars, whether them being rewarded or them being taken away from us, and the only gold stars we care about are the ones that we decide to give ourselves, there's so much freedom. Then we can actually listen to our intuition. Then we can actually do things like start random podcasts that are about spirituality or intuition, or I still don't even know what this is about. But, like, I have so much permission to do so because... I don't care what my uh, gold star count is. Like, it doesn't matter anymore. And even though it feels like a breakdown, like, there's so, so much freedom in this. Like, this is like the deeper happiness. This is like the deeper satisfaction that, you know, all the gurus are writing about. Like, it's this ability when you just don't care what your gold star count is. You don't care about any of the other... Uh, 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 trends or like fads or whatever anybody else is doing you Vishen Lakhiani from um, Mind Valley he talks about this in one of his talks and he talks about being unfuckwithable and I'm pretty sure this is exactly what he's talking about and that's when we become free from people pleasing it's when we've we've graduated from this game or we've decided that we're no longer interested in in collecting gold stars now we can still do the same things if we want to but when we it's it's more about where our intention is behind it like if we're you know saving up to buy a house and we want to live in the suburbs but we're doing that because that's really important to us and we want you know stability and we want to have a yard for our kids and that like means something to us on a deep level then rock on go for it but if we're trying to do that so that you know we can make our parents proud of us and if we don't do that we feel like we're going to be judged by everybody else around us and you know we feel like you know because we hit some certain birthday then it's like, well, I promised myself when I was 20 that I'd have all this figured out by when I'm 30. Like, <laughs> if we're doing it from that perspective, then then it's completely, then we're just caught up in the gold star game. But when we come at it from this perspective of, like, hey, I'm going to make this choice because that's just what I want to do, and we're no longer counting the stars, and we're no longer accepting the good feelings that come from um, playing the, the Gold Star game. That's where like all the possibility is for us. That's where all of the freedom is. That's where we can actually follow our intuition. And when I was going through this, um, I, I, at first I thought like the world was just picking on me. I thought that, you know... It was just it was just doing this to like break me down or like humble me in some way, and that it was like a bad thing, and it was like a lot of negative things that were happening to me. But now I see that it's helped me set the foundation for real success. 
it's like if I got successful because I copied some other guy's template and literally copied his coaching business exactly and like forfeited all of my power, then I would c- continually be reliant on somebody else outside of myself. And what a horrible way to be successful. It's like then I'm victim, you know, if he says, oh, you know, Facebook changed your algorithm, you know, we have to do this other new thing, then it's like my whole life I basically have to uh, be like a slave to this other person outside of me's advice versus my success coming from the inside, coming from my own intuition where, like, I know that I know what's best for me. That's a really, really powerful place. And that's what I'm hoping for everybody that's listening to this. And it's pretty interesting to me because now I look at my higher self and I go, thank God it didn't let me get successful when I was looking outside of myself. And thank thank goodness, like, I, I, I struggled through everything when I was divorcing my power. And the only time my higher self is letting me succeed is when, uh, when I'm in charge and, like, all the answers are coming from within rather than outside of me. What a blessing. All right, so I've got a story that kind of illustrates this whole thing that we've been talking about in the clearest way that I think everybody can relate to. So, have you ever gone to a family gathering and then people sit down and they look at you with, like, affectionate eyes and then they go, So, what's your plan? So, recently this happened to me at a family gathering. Um, I was I was there, and then I noticed that my little cousin, who's like six or seven years younger than me, she had a ring on her finger. And she had just been starting to date this new guy, but started talking to her, and I found out, oh my god, she's like engaged, and they're going to get married. And I congratulated her, because I thought it was wonderful. You know, great for her, like if this is something that she wants, I mean, wow, that's that's quick, but, you know, if, if it's something that she wants, it's like a wonderful thing, and I'm super, super excited for her. And it was funny, because I started thinking about it, and, like, I'm like, I'm six or seven years older, you know, I'm 30, and when I was younger, I said, you know, by 30, like, I'm going to be married, and I'm going to have kids, and I'm going to be a millionaire, and I'm going to have all the things. And, uh, I was just like, huh, um, none of, none of that's happened. And I don't really have a desire to do that. But it just kind of like made me think of everything. And I was like revisiting all my like, all those timelines. And I was going, you know, uh, is is that really what I, is that really true for me? Do I, is that really, was that me? Or was that like this gold star thing? And I'm just kind of like thinking about all this stuff subconsciously. And then right about then my grandma on my uh, cousin's side um, so she's not, like, directly my grandma, she's, like, my cousin's grandma. I don't know, I don't know how the math works on that. But, anyway, um, I could see that she was super, super excited for my little cousin. Um, she was just, like, beaming, and she's like, oh my gosh, like, they're making a commitment, and it's gonna be so special, and, like, she was just so happy. And I could and it was really funny because, like, she noticed me, and she's like, so how are you two doing? And she was referring to me and Camille. 
And then she starts going on and on and on about like, oh, well, you guys are kind of, you guys are older. You know, have you ever, have you guys been thinking about, oh, you're living together, really? Oh, wow. Have you, um, have you two ever thought about, uh, you know, tying the knot? You know, maybe, uh, getting married? You know, you, you guys are basically there. You guys ever thought about it? And this was the perfect opportunity for me to start racking up those gold stars. And, like, the old way that I could respond to that is I could have been like, Well, you know what? I have been thinking about it. And we're actually waiting. Because, you know, we want to have a big wedding. We want to have a big, beautiful wedding. It's really important to Camille. And, you know, in order to do that, we need to be a little bit more financially stable. You know, we want to raise our kids in, like, a very secure environment. But, you know, before we start our life together, you know, I have a business that I'm working on, and that's what I'm launching. And, you know, I'm launching this business. I have a business plan. It's already shown traction. You know, I can already prove that it's working. And, you know, I might actually, you know, if I get lucky, I might have some interest from some investors in, in the very near future. So right now, that's that's what makes sense for us. And, you know, the response I probably would have gotten from her was like, oh, wow, that makes that makes so much sense. How responsible of you. Here's your gold star, you good little boy. But that's not what I said. I remember... Um, I was kind of far away from her, so there were like a couple people in between me and her when we were having this interaction. And since I didn't give a shit about gold stars, she was like, "Well, so do you, you guys think about getting married?" I just said, I just looked over at Camille and I smiled. I said, "Oh no, we've been dating for two years. Like everything's great, but we're not even close." And in that little moment. I could feel the gold stars slipping through my fingers as, like, my my grandma-in-law, like, I could see her just being, like, confused by it. I was like, but don't you, don't you want the gold stars? Like, I'm, I'm willing to share them. Like, why, why aren't you gonna, why aren't you gonna do this? And she wasn't trying to manipulate me in any way. She was actually just trying to express, like, sincere care and love. And, for her, like, getting married and getting committed and everything like that, that's a really good way for, for like, life to work out. So she was just trying to hook me up with a, a way for me to, to better my life. But the point was, I didn't, I didn't want anybody else's stars. I'm, not, I'm no longer looking for anybody else's definition of what's, what's, like, a good life. So that's why I was able to just be like, Oh yeah, we're not even close. And then like look at Camille and like totally laugh and not even care about it. And not care that it it made things like a little bit awkward in the moment, but there was so much freedom in it. So I remember just walking away from that inter the interaction with my grandma like confused and maybe even slightly offended, like not really my intention to do that, but maybe she was. And I just, like, felt free. And I was like, wow, that's what it feels like to walk away from the carnival game. Like, you don't get applause. You don't get pats on the back. You get people that are kind of confused with why you don't care. 
And that's the point of breaking free of people-pleasing. So to close things, I want to share another Buddhist story that um, I originally heard from Camille that came from her dad. So he used to tell it to her all the time when she was a, a little kid. And she like didn't understand it for the longest time. And then as soon as I heard this story, I realized, oh my gosh, this is absolutely perfect for this episode. So without further ado, here's Johnny. Once there were two traveling monks, and they came to a river. At the river was a, a woman who was fretting about the, the, the flow of the river. She didn't feel like she could get across, so she asked them to carry her across the river if they would. And uh, one of the monks hesitated, but the other one uh, lifted her up and carried her across the, the river and set her down on the other side, and the other monk followed. And uh, she went on her way, and the two monks went on their way. A few miles later, the the monk who had hesitated said to the, the monk who had carried the woman, I can't believe you did that. You violated your vows. You touched a woman. And the, the monk who carried her said, I set her down back by the river, but you are still carrying her. The end. Isn't that story amazing? All right. Well, that's going to do it for today. Thanks so much for listening and hanging out with us today. Um, if you haven't had a chance to head over to iTunes and do a five-star review, please, would you do it? It'd be amazing. The only way this show's growing is through word of mouth and, you know, the kindness of, uh, of you guys. So thank you so much. Send me any questions, any comments, whatever. If you have ideas for new episodes or anything like that, please send it to me. I'm still going to uh, defer to my intuition, and uh, I'm not just going to record an episode to people, please, for you, but I know everybody that's listening to this has great ideas, and I'm sure there's one that um, that might be exactly what, um, what I need help finding in myself. So if you have any suggestions, feel free to offer them, but no guarantees. <laughs> All right, guys, see you next time. Next time on Guided. I think I'm going to get featured on your show a lot more. I think you are. <laughs> I just want everyone to know that I'm really sexy and wonderful. Oh my god. And if this bit goes in, you should just know that I'm a genius. <laughs> She's had one glass of wine. <laughs> Literally one, like. Intro and outro music by The Passion Hi Fi.